building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello, and welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. In today's conversation, we are talking with Matt Malatich, who is not only an amazing business person, but a very, very good friend of mine about personal and leadership development, which actually really go hand in hand, which is something that a lot of people don't talk about. I am currently reading What Got You Here Won't Get You There, and it's fascinating that what holds you back when you get to the leadership level in your career is often not the technical skills that you may need to know, but it is the soft skills, things like being a good listener, being warm in a conversation. We are going to get into all of that today. Matt is the principal and founder of Blue Engine Consulting. And fun fact, his company was born at my dining room table 10 years ago when we were both just babies in business. So tune in and I hope you enjoy this conversation. So tell me, Matt, I know you work with a lot of leaders. You work with my team plenty, which is fantastic. And you do a lot of leadership development. And I thought this was perfect timing for this interview because I am reading What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And Mm -hmm. it's all about the soft skills that hold people back. And I think that people think it's a lot of times when you get to like the upper ranks of a company, they don't really think that it's the simple soft skills like being a good listener that hold you right. back. What have you seen that hold leaders back the most? Yeah, and it's it's so interesting because, you know, my client base are um, companies that are trying to grow really rapidly, right, in the in the PE space. And so we talk a lot about like, you know, what gets you to $50 million doesn't get you to 100. What gets you to 100 doesn't get you to 150. Um, and to your point, a lot of these executives kind of have a moment of crisis where they think like, oh, my God, do I have to go back and get like a second MBA? You know, do, what do I what do I need to do here? But really, what I've found is the ones that are most successful, they do a couple things. First, and I think probably most importantly, is they make sure that they're never the smartest person in the room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and we both worked with executives where it's like, not only am I the smartest person in the room, but I'm the only smart person in the room, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and and honestly, that can get you somewhere, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last super long, right? So what I find is that you know the executives that are really successful are the ones that put themselves in situations where they can surround themselves by, you know by finding really smart, passionate people, and then kind of just getting out of the way, right? Or or getting barriers out of the way. And that's definitely a skill, but it's not a technical skill, right? It's not like, a, oh, I need to know more about professional services. I need to know about go to market, those kinds of things, you know, and you do learn those things along the line. But, but yeah, to your point, it's really about, you know, making room for your team to succeed and, and excel. That is so fascinating that leaders get to a certain point and they think they need to go get another MBA. Like I got an MBA. I can't yeah. tell you that I'm using a ton of it. Like it's great to know about all of the different functions of business and theoretically yeah. how they work. But when you get to the day-to-day practice of a business, it's just not 
like that. It's not the same, right? And I'm sure there are amazing programs out there. And this is especially like a moment of crisis for executives that do not have an MBA, right? Or that didn't yeah. come from Ivy League. And I think you and I have joked, like I have a marketing degree, right? And all that I remember are the four P's of marketing, which yeah. aren't even a thing anymore, right? Like it's yep. <laughs> product place. Price. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, really, I think that it's those, it's that ability again to, to not necessarily know you know, what your 20th step down the line is, but being comfortable taking, taking the next one. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and again, I, I love this conversation because these are things you and I talk about when we're just together, right. And, you know, the experiences we've had with executives and how we see them succeed. Um, listening, I think is a huge piece of that puzzle. Just, just having a physical presence there. Um, so often I run into people that just it's like they feel this need to be to be busy, right? And, and again, you and I have talked about this in the past, like that hustle mm -hmm. culture. If I'm not perceived as being busy, then I'm not doing something right. I need to send emails at 11 o'clock at night. I need to be working 24-7. And, and that does not breed success, right? The ones that are really successful are the ones that are taking time to sit down with not even their direct reports, but doing skip levels or taking time to spend 20 minutes with a brand new hire and just saying like, what's your perspective? What's your experience? you know, what are your ideas, right? Those are the things that make people feel seen, that make them want to intrinsically be where they are, you know, that that boosts um, employee engagement. And those are all the things that makes a company successful, right? And again, yeah, yeah you know, you have, you have to have a certain level of, you know, knowledge just about kind of competency. Yeah, yeah. But what you're doing in general, but like, and this may be controversial, I don't know that that's the hard piece to attain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to figure out how to be in the room and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but to your point, I really think it's kind of those quote unquote soft skills, which I hate the term soft skills, but it, it's those kind of, they're not soft, they're hard. They're, and they're difficult. <laughs> As I use that term like 10 times before we it, hit record. You know, but it's, it's the one that people recognize, but yeah. yeah. I'm also giggling because you were like, oh, you have to look busy and be messaging people at 11 PM. And here I'm looking at my text to you last night at 11, 12, <laughs> that says, I am the worst and you are probably <laughs> sleeping. But when you wake up, let's get questions together for this podcast you know but we would text each other anyway so it's fine it's not it's not uh, a big deal I love it I know I mean I I do do that but also I do my like darndest to not look busy because it's yeah. like whenever people need your help you want people on your team to know that they can trust you and that yeah. you have a cool head and you are going to get it done whatever it may be and that I think is one of the things that makes people follow you and want to work with you. Not when you're running around like, ah, like I'm, I'm working a day and night and yeah. telling people about all the hours that you work. Well, that is not. And can I ask you a question? Can I turn this around? How, sure. how does that work for you? So, right. So your, your organization has gone mostly remote, right? So how does that work for you? Letting your employees know that they can come in and contact you anytime, even though you're not physically together, right? They can't walk past your office anymore and see if you're there. Or how, how have you found success there? And frankly, I kind of think in the office environment, it was like a little more intimidating because they had to walk in and like surprise me with something, yeah, like you know? knock on and, the door, right? <laughs> right. Like, oh God, do I have to go knock on her door? I don't know. Hopefully <laughs> they weren't saying that. But I think that for me, everything is a process of modeling and showing people when they do come to you, they are watching very closely how you react. Right. And it's sure. like, it's the same with parenting our children your kids learn how they have to behave in front of you in the future by how you react 
to certain things that happen. So when things happen, if you freak out, they're going to probably hide it from you in the future. If you're able to have a calm conversation, and I've learned this because I have kids that are teens and preteens, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the first one was a little bit of a guinea pig. Let's just say (laughs) that. Um, But I think it's the same thing with your team. Like the more you show them that you are willing to dig in and get in there and do the work with them, and you're never going to freak out. And even when something bad happens, it's a learning opportunity. It is not an opportunity to reprimand people or make them look bad in front of their peers. Um, I'm huge into modeling because you can say you do things right. in a certain way, but if right. you do it in a different way than you say you're going to do it, well, oh. you just lost trust. We see that a lot in the leadership development world, right? Like, and, and that's why, and you and I know this from our time as, as recruiters, right? That's why we ask people situational based questions, because mm-hmm. if we ask somebody what they would do, they'll tell us what they think they would do in the best case scenario, but that's not always what they actually would do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fast. Because, it's really fascinating. Yeah. But well, because it takes that the training and going through it a few times to feel Mm -hmm. it's like, here's what I would like to do. But then when you layer on the pressure and the stress of the situation, and a lot of times we actually, we have a client that we're talking to or that we were doing discovery with recently. And they talk about why their product product is so effective because it's about handling cyber crisis. And it's about what people think they'll do if a cyber crisis happens oh, yeah. versus what they actually do, which is freak out, throw out the oh, yeah. book, you know, and sure. and so it's the practicing that really gets you to the point where you can confidently react. And, you know, and it's so funny because we've known these things for years and yet we still learn them anew like every decade, right? Like when you and I were kids, we would practice dialing 911 on a phone because that would give us that, you know, muscle memory. Now our yep. kids are like, where's the phone? That's not a phone, right? What buttons? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like, you know, we, we know these things. We know about how people react. We know the things that we're supposed to do, but you know, we need those, we need those reminders, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about organizational health in, in what I do. And, you know, and I, I just wrote a post about this, that it's so often for organizations, it's an afterthought. Like it's one of those, like, nice to have non non crucial, you know, we don't have to do it right now. Right. And so when we're going through lists of priorities, a lot of times we throw those things out, right. The nice to have, you know, don't need to do it right now. Um, but org health is just, it's so important. It's so critical to the success of our companies. We know it has an impact on our employees. We know it has an impact on, on just our revenue, you know, everything on revenue, on growth, on, you know, investor potential, all those kinds of things. And almost all those things come from that ability to be personable, right? To mm-hmm. uh, to pay attention, right? Um, we talk a lot about charisma, right? In executives and kind of how you create charisma uh, and it's, it's presence, power, warmth, right? So presence is that, hey, I can be here. Like we just, we just talked about, I can be here. I can talk to you. I'm not looking at my keyboard every 10 seconds, right? I'm not clearly distracted by another meeting that's coming up in five minutes. I'm not, you know, I'm here and I'm with you, right? Right. Um, and I kind of actually love our post-COVID, like, not only am I here and I'm with you, but like, yeah, my kids might come in and, and you know, want a snack or like my cat might yeah. not go for a lamp or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, and then power, 
So power, I think, makes people feel kind of funny. We don't mean power like, you know, like rule with an iron fist. We mean just being comfortable in your space, right? Because when you're comfortable and to your point, when you model that, other people become comfortable, right? When you set that expectation that, hey, we're in a place where we can talk about things, where I want to hear your ideas. I am comfortable with the unknown. I am comfortable, you know, going to places that may feel uncomfortable to other people, like asking for ideas or asking for people's opinions, because Mm -hmm. what if they have a negative opinion? It's okay, mm-hmm. right? I'm comfortable. We're comfortable. We can handle that together. And then that warmth is just showing people that you're actually excited to be here. And we talk about that a lot as well. Like, if you can't have fun doing what you do, like, what what's the point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yes, we all want that big paycheck at the end. But like, you want to spend 5, 10, 15 years of a career like, well, that sucked and that sucked and that sucked. But I got a paycheck at it. No, you know, and and those two things shouldn't be mutually exclusive, right? I think that's how a lot of people think about work, though. So it's one thing to say that you need presence, power, warmth. Yeah. It's another thing, too, especially if those things don't come naturally to you, which I can think of some leaders that, you know, like I know that they have the best intentions and I know that they want to be there, but they don't feel warm when you're in the room or when you're in the meeting with them. Yeah. You teach people something like that. So it's another piece. So I should have like the four P's of Christmas. It's practice, right? It's a, again, yeah. something that we've known forever that, you know, this stuff really takes time to develop. And when you're trying to develop a piece of your personality, right, or a soft skill, it's going to take actually a lot more time, a lot more intention, a lot more energy and effort than sometimes it takes to develop those technical skills. So yeah. when we're taking people through personal and professional development, we'll tell them like, you need to set aside like six to eight months and you need to work on warmth. Right. Um, And that starts by just being intentional. And, you know, I I recommend that people keep a notebook by their desk. And as you interact with your peers, your employees, your coworkers every day, you start by just making notes about times where, hey, I could have shown up a little bit more warmly here. You know, I could have asked some more questions here. I could have been more in the present space here. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then you move on to, okay, now I can identify those times because I've, you know, I've got a list of times when it's happened. So I kind of feel that trigger. Now, I jump in and I do those things, right? I practice. Uh, I think another really powerful tool is telling people you're trying to change. Um, You know, people are so afraid to grow. People are so afraid to share that they have, you know, a perceived weakness or a deficiency, but it's like, no, it's okay to grow. Tell people like, hey, you know, I'm really working on warmth. And that doesn't mean that I want to hug everybody around me. It means, you know, I want to be perceived as caring about what you think. You know, I want to be perceived as, caring that you're here. And I really do. And I want to show that, right? So recognize I may show up in a meeting a little bit differently or recognize I may be trying to ask you some different things. Don't be freaked out. It's me trying to grow, right? And then you'll find that people help you along that along that journey. But but yeah, it does. It takes a lot of time, time and intention. And again, we're constantly fighting against that busy, like, well, I have 20 things to do and that's got to be number 20, right? Because my integrations work has got to be number one or M&A activity has got to be number two. And again, yeah, those things are important, but we forget that when you get those soft skills things right, it makes everything else so much easier, right? It yeah. greases the wheels of every other functional thing that we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. They actually cover that in the book that I'm reading where they say a big part of change is going and telling people that, hey, I'm working on warmth because I am excited to be here, but I've learned that I don't show it. And so I'm going to keep checking in with you and asking you, you know, like, hey, I'm working on this. And the interesting thing was in the book, they say that 
just by telling people that you're working on it and having that follow through, they will report that you are getting better because they're they're watching it, right? It's very yeah, hard absolutely. to see. It's very hard to see someone changes. It's like when you're working out and you're looking in the mirror and it's like, oh, I know that I'm changing because I look different than I did five years ago. But on, on a daily basis, you don't look different. You don't see and, it. it's, right. and it's like, I can look back to five years ago and I know how I am mentally different, but you don't see it on a day-to-day basis. So it's like those check-ins and making sure that you have the accountability partner and that you're vocal about what you're just going to say. Right. And what do our trainers tell us? Find an accountability partner, tell people about the changes you're trying to make. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And those things also really help to build trust. Right. And this is, you know, we go around the entire circle of leadership development, but like Trust is huge. And again, when you when you open yourself up and share that little piece of you to other people, it really starts to build this amazing trust that, again, makes everything easier, makes everything better, increases our retention rates, you know, increases employee engagement. It's just, you know, these things have such a huge impact that's, you know, so much more than the sum of their individual parts. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why, well, I, which is why I'm here, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And you're so dang good at it. My God. Oh, thanks. Okay. I appreciate it. We are running out of time. We talked about lots of different topics today, and I am interested to know if you had to name one most important takeaway about what we talked about today, what is it? Oh, gosh. Um, So I think we can wrap a lot of what we said into meaningful presence, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, recognize that taking the time to connect with your peers, your employees, your coworkers in a meaningful way, being truly present, asking questions, listening to their answers, showing them that you actually care that they're there. I think if you did nothing besides that, even if it's not perfect in execution, you know, you're going to have huge, huge returns, right? Personally, professionally, uh, you know, Financially, I just, I just, I'm a big believer that that time is not only well spent, it's, it's critical and it should be a part of our calendars every single day. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's something we didn't really touch on is the personal benefit of everything that we discussed today. Like everything that I talk about on this podcast is aimed at professionals. However, it makes your personal life so much better to do things like be more engaged, be warmer with the people that you're speaking with be a better listener. So I think that it just, you know, the, the benefits are endless. Yeah. Well, Matt and Jackie podcast 2.0, right. We'll come back and do a follow-up if you can make time in my calendar, in your calendar. (laughs) I know I told you, you should co-host with me. I think it would be fantastic. Well, for everyone listening, I am going to drop Matt's brand new website in the show notes. Really excited. I'm not only a friend, I'm also a client. Hey, hey, (laughs) I love it. Uh, A lot more than that. We've known each other for a long time. I (laughs) appreciate the heck out of you. Um, All right. Awesome. Well, for anyone listening, if you got value out of this podcast, share it with one person that needs to hear this message. One person that is looking for leadership development services, hit Matt up and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. 